awesome to have you here. Thank you so much for coming. We're glad you made it. We are in the final week of our message series that we're calling The Nuclear Option. And what we've been doing in this nuclear option is we've been looking at the things in our lives that we have to just blow up. That there's no use in like trying to tweak it and make it better. We just have to like blow it up, throw it all away, let the whole house of cards come down and start again. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6. And we're, we're going to start there in just a moment. But I want to tell you, I'm sorry, did I say for chapter 12? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Yes, that's, that's where I was going. So I want to tell you before we go into that, ne next week, we're kicking off a brand new series as we get ready for Christmas. We're a few weeks away. We're kicking off a brand new series that we're calling It's Not That Bad. So on your way in today, you sat on some cards probably. And so it, they look like this. And we want you to take one, take two, take three, put one on your fridge so you can remember that we're kicking off a brand new series this upcoming Sunday. Put one in your car so you can keep it to remember. And take another one and share it with someone and invite them. More than ever before, people are looking for a church to go to during this Christmas season. And so we want you to just, we want to arm you, give you resources to be able to pass out to somebody to say, hey, come to church. We would love for you to come to church. You can take a picture of this, post it, send it as a text message. Gives you a little summary on the back of what the series we're going to be talking about. But when we say it's not that bad, you know, when, when Joseph, you know, Abdullah was talking on the video a little bit about this Christmas story, and when Joseph, he learned that his, his fiance got pregnant and he had nothing to do with it, he was pretty shocked, right? In the Christmas story, he's like, what? Probably freaking out. And thank God that <laughs> an angel appeared to him and said to Joseph, hey, Joseph, it's not that bad. Don't worry, we're going to work it out. And when Joseph and Mary, and they were looking for a place to stay, and Miss Abdila alluded to it a little earlier, the manger, they, they didn't know where to go. They could have been freaking out. And so it could have totally derailed them. But instead, they pushed forward, and they were able to get to where God had wanted them to be, this manger, this stable, and have this baby. And so it wasn't that bad. Sometimes what happens in our lives is that we get freaked out too easily by things that happen to us. And we think, oh man, I can't do anymore what I was planning on doing or maybe even what God was calling us to do. We can't do it anymore because we feel like this you know, thing came into our life and it's totally stopped us. But the truth is that we gotta push forward and we gotta make it smaller than maybe even we think it should be. And it's probably not, it's not that bad. So join us. Make plans to join us, okay, next Sunday as we kick that off. And then we're going to cap off this series with the very special service, as Layla mentioned. We call it our candlelight service. And if you have never made it to a Doral Vineyard candlelight service, you're missing out. We want you to make sure to make plans. We actually moved the date. We had planned to do it on Noche Buena, but we ended up moving the date because we're like, we don't want it to be an excuse. We understand Noche Buena. Sometimes people leave, go out of town, or they want to be, you know, they got their Noche Buena plans. And so we decided we're going to do it a day earlier. And so we're going to do a Christmas Eve Eve on the 23rd Monday. So you go to church on Sunday, you're going to hear a part three of our series of It's Not That Bad. And then part four will be the next day, Monday night at 7.30 p.m. We'll be right here having a candlelight service is going to be uh, memorable. Some people have uh, actually told me that it's their favorite service of the whole year that we do here at the Ralph Vineyard. Um, and it's, it's an abbreviated service. We don't go the whole time. I think that might be the reason why some people think it's their favorite time <laughs> of the year. But it's, it's an abbreviated time. We have a great, we understand most of you guys will be working, most of us will be working on Monday. But just, you know, make plans to try to be here by 7.30. You know, with traffic and everything, we try to pick a time that you could kind of evade some of it and get here, come straight from work if you have to. We'll have a little bit of snacks and stuff that you can, you know, eat while you're here so it'll pull you through the service and then you can go home and, and get ready for probably work the next day on the 24th for many of you. But, all right, we cool with that? 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Let me give you a little bit of the context. So Paul, the guy who wrote this book, 1 Corinthians, he is writing to a crowd of people who are, who are into some pretty shady things, okay? They're actually living, they're, they're at, their actions are pretty actually perverted. Sinful actions they've been doing. He's writing to the people in this city called Corinth that is a very lustful, very, you know, sin, in, just filled with sin city. And even the people in the church have been, you know, not in our church, right? Not, not in our church. We never have a church full of sinful people, but in their church, just kidding, because yeah, I'm the first one. You know, we, 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 he, so he's talking to these people who are perverted, sinful actions. And, and, and so he was explaining that in Christ, we have freedom. That's what he's saying to the people in the Corinthian church. He's saying, look, in Christ, we have freedom. There are certain things that we can do. But just because we can do them doesn't mean we should do them. So let's pick up the verse here in verse 12. This is what Paul says. He says, I have the right to do anything. I have the right to do anything. But then he's, he said something here that's very important, very powerful. He said, but I will not I will not be what? Help me out. Let's say it aloud. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be what? I will not be mastered by anything. I have the right to do some things, okay? But I will not be mastered by anything. And so this, to me, honestly, is one of my favorite portions of Scripture. And I really believe that the power of Christ in me should be stronger than any desire outside of me. Can somebody say yes? yes? I really believe that the power of Christ in me gives me the power to break off any addiction in my life, anything that would try to control me, right? I really believe that, 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 what, that God in me is bigger than anything outside of me trying to influence me. Can somebody say yes? So I will not be mastered by an addiction in my life. Say yes. yes. I will not be mastered by an addiction to look at something inappropriate. Somebody say yes. I don't want to be mastered by especially this thing in my pocket. Right? I especially, and, and quite honestly, there are so many times, if I'm honest, that it does. This masters me. And I want to share a little bit about that. Now, I did some, some, some searching, researching, and I found out there that I'm not alone in this, allowing this to master me. The stats out there, I'm going to read some to you, about 66% of people have extreme anxiety if they lose connection. I personally, I don't even like to turn my phone off like, there is a sleep mode. You can put it on like that, and it doesn't go all the way. You know why I don't like to turn it all the way off? Anybody know why? Because it takes, yes, because it takes so long for it to power back up. I'm like, what am, what am I missing during all this time? I'm going to miss something, so I don't even like to turn it all the way down. And so um, studies show, listen to this, that people, 66% of people have extreme anxiety if they lose co connection if their batteries fail, or if their phone is not with them. In fact, for those who are 18 to 24, the number jumps to 76% of people. Over three in four in that, in that age group have a massive fear of not being connected online. They have a fear. Everybody say fear. 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 So when I listened to that, I kind of thought, man, that's kind of crazy. Who would have that kind of fear of their phone, like if their phone powers down, if they lose battery? Who would have that? And then I realized, guess who? Me! Not too long ago, I went to the Apple store, and I, I, um, I was having trouble with the connector part of this phone, which I hear the new ones are actually, you're not going to even need to have this. But anyway, so I was having problems with the connector. I was plugging it in, and it wasn't, wasn't working quite well. 
And so I went into the Apple store and I told them the problem. They looked at it and they said, yeah, you know what? We can help you out. It's going to take about 30 minutes. You can wait for it if you want or you can come back. And I was like, I'll wait for it. So the guy went to the back and I'm there on the Genius Bar. Made me feel really smart. There at the Genius Bar, I'm hanging out and I'm looking around. I'm twiddling my thumbs and I'm like, man, what could I do? Let me see. I could, because I'm a guy that, you know, if I got 30 minutes, I want to make the best use of those 30 minutes that I can. So I'm thinking about, man, what could I be doing during this time? Oh man, you know, maybe I could, I could, I could, I could text. I got a bunch of text messages. I need to return my text messages. But wait, I don't have my phone, so I can't do that. What, what else could I do? Oh man, I could respond to all those emails. I am so behind in emails, but wait, I don't have my phone. What am I going to do now? So let me see, what else could I do? I could, oh, return some calls. I got to make some phone calls. I got to return some phone calls. Oh, wait, I can't because that's on my phone. Oh, I could read a book. I could read. I, I know I could read. Whenever I'm just sitting in a, you know, a doctor's, I could read. But wait, I don't have my phone. I'm like, wait, I can't rule my world without my phone. I, how, what am I going to do? And so I'm there waiting. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm looking around and I'm trying to make small talk with people around me. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And I'm like, man, this thing is taking forever. Where is that agent guy that took my phone? Like, I, could, I don't even see him anymore. I thought he was going to just drop the phone off and then leave, you know, come back out and help other people. He's not even, he's, he took my phone. He, I'm sure he took my phone. Like, I don't know where it is. I wish I could call him or text him, but I don't have my phone. What do I do? And so I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm going to go talk to somebody to go check on my phone. I did. I went, I, can you go check on my phone? Like, I don't know. The guy left. I don't know how long it's been. Feels like it's been forever. So the guy actually comes back and he's like, look, I'm sorry. It took so long. And when I looked at the phone, it had only been 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes. And I'm freaking out that I'm thinking it was, so that was actually kind of disheartening to me to realize that I had been away from my phone for only 20 minutes and here I am freaking out. Like, what the heck? How does this happen? But you know, there's stats out there for you that, that I, I, I'm going to share with you that I came across as I was doing this research. That If you take a step back from it, they're actually quite disturbing, okay? 58% of people don't go one waking hour without checking their phones. 58%, 59% of you check email as soon as it comes in, 59%. And according to the studies, 89% of you check it daily while you're on vacation. You check it daily, 89%. Teenagers, the studies show, teenagers, this is really bad, all right? It shows that 80% of them, they actually go to sleep with their phone. <laughs> they go to bed with their phone. Now, I have to tell you that if that is you and you're not a teenager, even if you are, you need counseling. You need Jesus, all right? And you need somebody to take that phone away from you so you can sleep for eight hours without that phone, all right? So 84% of people believe that they, could, they couldn't go one day without their phone, 84% of people. So I'm curious, let's just be real honest here today. And just remember that God is watching you, you're in the house of God and you do not want to lie here today because lightning will come through that wall and strike you. You'll be a little black spot on your chair, okay? So just don't, let's just be honest with us, with each other here today. Let me ask you, how many of you would say, by a show of hands, um, and don't raise your hands right now, but you would say that the first, th the last thing you do before you go to bed is you check your phone. Don't raise your hands, don't raise your hands, I see so. Okay, no, not yet. So, be real honest. The last thing you do before you go to bed is you check your phone. And the first thing you do when you wake up is you check your phone. Now you can raise your hands. How many of you say that you do that? That is about 99%, 100%, one more hand, I'll get 100. Good, all right, so that's pretty much. So with that in mind, that same hand that you raised, touch the person next to you and say, this message is for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was working on this message and I, I just wanted to, uh, you know, I was trying to study my own habits as I was working on this message today. 
um, this week, and I noticed earlier this week that like really late at night, about 10.45, I got like three text messages on my phone. And I'm there like, okay, I got three text messages, but I'm kind of still in the middle of stuff. Um, and then at about 11.15, I got an email. And so at 10.45, I'm trying to respond to these text messages. At 11.15, I get this email, and it was a very disturbing email. One of those emails you get, you're like, oh, right? So at 11.15, and I'm like, ah. Oh. So I go to bed, and I can't sleep because I'm thinking about the email. I'm thinking about how I worded those text messages, what I should have said, what I didn't say, how I could have said it differently. And so I'm staying up thinking about this stuff, and I could not shut off my mind. And I was just thinking, man, you know what? This device owns me. It owns me. It tells me. It dictates to me. And what happens for so many of us is that we have an inability to shut down and to disconnect. And it may not be your phone. It may be, so, it may be your work. I know some of us here, we own businesses. And it's hard, right? It's hard to shut. Maybe you don't own a business. It's hard to shut off and to turn off. It may not be that. It might be food. It might be food for you. It is hard to control what you eat, how you eat, when you eat. Can somebody say yes? Right? It may be entertainment. You would like always want to be connected and entertained on the TV or wherever. And for so many people, the default is whenever you feel like you're twiddling your thumbs, you're like, oh, I, I got time. Let me get on my phone. I got time. Oh, let, let, let me go eat something. I got time. Oh, let me go check work. Let me go do some stuff on my laptop, right? And so what happens is you're thinking, man, if I'm not making a difference in this world, I, I've got time to kill. But the truth is you should be doing something else with your time, but you're not doing it. That's our default is to be busy, to do something. And so today I want us to push the proverbial red button on the busyness that we shouldn't be doing. The busyness that we, we try to fill our, our space with busyness and we shouldn't, okay? And so what happens is I believe our minds are not shutting down and we find ourselves with our RPMs. You know in a car, if you turn the car on and it, that little needle goes up to three or four or five, that should not be happening with a car that's idle. But that happens to us so many times. We are not doing much, but our minds are on three, four, or five, and that's not healthy for us. And I want to suggest to you today that God has a rest for our souls, that we're overwhelmed and we don't know why, and, and we're because we're, our, we're running constantly. Spiritually, we feel exhausted and we don't know why. We're longing for something more, and yet we keep going back to the very thing and we're not finding it there. And so almost everybody in our culture today would acknowledge that most of us, our bodies, we need rest. Can you guys say yes? I'm going to argue that our souls need rest too. There is a rest for us that is available. Our souls need to be disconnected long enough to find peace and find solitude in the presence of the God who created us to know him. And so to walk daily with him, to be in an intimate, ongoing, thriving relationship representing his love in this world rather than being wrapped up with our own things wrapped up all the time with something a device or work or whatever and so if you find yourself constantly connected and constantly with the low grade frustration right you have there's got to be something more you're thinking there's got to be something more there's got to be something more there's got to be something more i'm going to argue that god has a special rest for you in christ and it is available to your soul, and it is available now. Can you guys say yes? So Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. Let's read that. For there is a what? Everybody say it aloud. Everybody together. For there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Let's read it one more time. With great Dural Vineyard enthusiasm. Are you ready? For there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Some of you, you need to understand that there is a special way or special rest away from everything that draws you in, away from everything that draws you in. There's a special rest waiting for you. Look at verse 10. For all who have entered into God's rest, and I love the imagery of this, okay, have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. 
There's a special rest. He created the world in seven days, actually six, and then he rested on the seventh day. And so what are we to do? By the power of Christ, verse 11 says, let us what? Everybody say it aloud. Let us what? Let us do our best to what? To enter that rest. Let us do our best to enter into that special rest that God has for our souls through his son, Jesus Christ. And so why is it that we don't find the rest? Why is it that we don't? Why are we longing for it? I love what St. Augustine said. He said this about God. He said, God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. Some of you, this capture is exactly where you are. Your soul is restless. You've been restless for so long, and you've been looking for that thing that brings satisfaction, that thing that brings meaning, that thing that helps your relationships work, that thing that fills the void inside, something that makes you feel significant and purposeful in life. You have, you have a Christ-shaped void, and nothing besides Christ will fill that void. And our soul is restless until it finds rest in him. Can you say yes? You didn't say yes loud enough. Can you say yes? yes? I love the words of Jesus. And this creates a longing in my heart. The words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. And Jesus just broadcasts to everybody an invitation. He says this in verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And what will he give you guys? He said, I will give you rest. When you come to him, he will give you rest. For those of you who are weary, you're overwhelmed, you're burdened, Jesus has an invitation for you. Come to Jesus, come to him, come to him by faith, and he'll give you that rest. Verse 9, he says, For take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And when you come to me, he says, what will you find, you guys? You will find rest for your souls. Are you guys following me? There is a special rest for us through Jesus. And so what do we do? What do we do? How do we get this, ac this access to this rest? Well, we've been in this series, The Nuclear Option. It's actually been seven weeks that we've been in this series. And quite honestly, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where you either say, you know what, I'm going to choose to apply these things that we've been talking about during the nuclear option, and I'm going to like allow God to speak to me, and I'm going to make some changes in my life, or I'm just going to, oh, that was nice, and you just go on to next Sunday. So this is where the rubber meets the, the road. And so how do we find rest in God? I'm going to give you two thoughts that are very practical and they can be very life-changing. The very first is very simple. And I'm going to encourage you to learn the discipline of being still. Learn the discipline of being still. So that's number one if you're taking notes. Learn to be still. Learn to be disconnected and still in the presence of God. So Psalm 46, verse 10, David said to be what? And it's obvious, be what? Be still. And what do you do? And know that I am God. Be still and focus on God. I don't know if any of you have ever been around a very restless child before, where you just want to say, Tate quieto, you know, tranquilizate, you know, take a chill pill. Take it easy. Sit down. In the name of Jesus, sit down. You know, I don't know. Maybe some of you have a restless kid, a big kid, like an adult who acts very restless. Anybody know an adult that acts very restless? Yeah. And so some of us have that as well. And so, in fact, this is what David said in Psalm 131, verse 2. He said, but I have stilled and quieted my soul. Notice, what did David say? I have. Notice, David did it. He did it. It didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen by chance. 
David quieted and stilled his soul. So he didn't just wake up one day and get five text messages and three notifications on Facebook, and that's how he quieted his soul. No, he said, no, 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 no. He, ha- he himself had to still and quiet his soul. He did it. He thought this way into a state of solitude. Look at verse 2 again. Verse 2, I've stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child. It's like the, this baby who's restless and crying and, and go, you know, waving their arms and everything until they get into mommy's arms. And once they're in mommy's arms, all of a sudden, they feel that warmth. They feel that safety. They feel that calmness. They hear the heartbeat of that mommy who's just trying to soothe them and calm them and say, it's okay. This is what David is saying. I have stilled and quieted my soul. Let me tell you what. Have you ever tried to still yourself for five minutes? Have you ever tried to just be quiet for five minutes? In a few minutes, I want to try for us to just be quiet. Not for five minutes, but for a few minutes. I want us just to to, to practice that. Let me tell you that for me, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. For me, it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my entire life, right? Because the minute I go and I'll say, hey Siri, set timer for five minutes. Didn't do it. You didn't listen to me, Siri. But let's say I did that. And my, my, my Siri goes off for five minutes. The minute I try to quiet my soul, what happens? Beep, beep. Zzz, beep, beep. Oh my gosh, this phone is going off and I'm just trying to give God five minutes and I can't give God five minutes because this thing just keeps bothering me. And what do I want to do? I want to look at it because who knows, on Facebook, somebody might be taking a picture of their coffee and the foamy stuff has their name on it and I'm going to miss that if I don't look at the phone, (laughs) right? And so I want to look at my phone. I can't for five minutes. I have to tell you, it's one of the hardest things that I've ever done because during those five minutes, what happens? I think about all the things I got to do yard work right? Oh my gosh, I got to call this person back. Oh my gosh, I, I, <laughs> my kids, they need to get bathed. What am I doing? Oh, dinner. What am I going to do for lunch tonight, today, and then dinner tonight? What ha- all these thoughts, they come and they bombard us. And so I don't know what it's going to be for you, but God says to be still and know that, that I am God. And the thing you're going to think about as you're doing these five minutes, I don't have time for this these five minutes are taking forever. I don't have time. I got to go. But God says, be still. Still your soul. Have the discipline not to be mastered all the time by this, by work, by food, by entertainment. Have the discipline not to be mastered. And you can say, you know, and go to, you know, my defaults, look at what's happening, look at what's happening. But have the discipline by the power of Christ to contemplate the goodness of God, how good you have been, God, how good you are wanting to be to my life, how good you are right now, and just simply be still and know that he is God. Just let it breathe this time, just let it breathe. The gift of solitude, of solace and peace. God, you can run the universe without me for five minutes. I think you can. You can do it. I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to focus on you and enjoy your presence. And I'm not not even going to ask you for anything right now. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm just going to be right here. And and I want to do this. Just be still and thank you for who you are, God. The gift. Five minutes. Five minutes. In fact, I want to just spend a couple minutes doing it right now. So you can close your eyes. Well, actually, you know what? Nobody close your eyes. I already fall asleep. Let's look at this cross right here. All right, let's look at this cross for a few moments. Be still. Be still and know that He is God. Be still and embrace his goodness. Be still and enjoy the beauty of this moment. Be still 
and know that God who created you to love you created you to be loved by him as well. Be still before God. So who wants to try that with me this week? Five minutes. All right. We're going to try it this week. And a great thing to do is, yeah, just tell Siri. She didn't listen to me today for some reason, but she listens to I, I did it all this week. I did it all when I was really busy. I did it all when I was very stressed. Sometimes I did it in the bathroom. Like, I'm so busy right now, I'm going to go to the bathroom, get on my knees in the bathroom stall for five minutes and just let God do what he wants to do. Because this is the only place I can get some solace and some solitude because everything else is crazy right now. Five minutes and see what happens. So the first one is to be still. The second thing, after you be still and you listen, right, I'm going to ask you to do, this is a problem for you to be still, then number two is going to really help you. And number two is to make a plan. Make a plan. Proverbs 13, 16, in today's Living Bible, and I love this translation, it says this, a wise man thinks ahead. See, a wise man's going to, he's going to make a plan. He's going to come up with an attack, but a fool doesn't, and even brags about it. Doesn't even make a plan, and even brags about for a lot of people who don't prioritize it like we should, what's going to happen is you're going to fall into this foolish category, right? And, and because you're going to be thinking, five minutes, that's nothing. I can do that at any point. I'm not going to even worry about that. Five minutes, I can squeeze it in here. I can squeeze it in there. But what ends up happening? We don't. We don't do it. And so we have to plan. You might think it's a big deal. Let me tell you, it's not a big deal. Let me tell you, it's a big deal. If you don't make a plan, this can be hurting you. It can be hurting, look, and it trickles down, you guys. If you don't make a plan, and you don't make a plan to spend those few minutes with God, it could be hurting your relationship with him, number one, which is primary, but then it trickles down to all your other relationships, your relationship with your wife, your, your marriage, your relationship with your children, how you treat them, how impatient you are when you really should be patient, right? And that's why, you know, making a plan. Listen, if this is a problem for any of you, this right here, this right here, this, this, right? Or entertainment is a problem for you. Acknowledge it. Just call it what it is. For me, you know, I had to acknowledge that this is a problem for me. Marie would tell me time and, and again, can you just please put that thing down? We're trying to have family time. I know what you're doing is probably important. I know, you know, but the church can survive for 45 minutes without you. This is family time, all right? And so we got to make a plan. And I don't know what this is going to look like for you, but you're going to want to have a defensive plan and an offensive plan. We all know in teams that if you want to win championships, you could have a good offensive plan, but, but, but championships are won with a good what? Defensive plan. So we need a good offense and a good defense plan, all right? If you want to win, you need this. And I want to, I want to break this down for you because we will not be mastered by anything. The power of Christ within us is greater, come on, than any addiction that draws within us, right? We will not be mastered by anything. So on the defensive note, on this side, let's talk about this. I don't know what it will look like for you, but it might mean that as you pray, you think about it, you, you talk about it with your, your spouse, your significant other, you're married, your best friends in your small group, you talk about it, right? With the people around you who care about you. Your defensive plan might be, you know what? No phone, absolutely no phone during mealtime, right? We're going to turn this off. We're going we're gonna to just turn this off during mealtime, right? Or you can stay in your small group. If everybody's always looking at their, their phone on small group, all right, let's put our phones away right now. Or you might have a time limit on your phone, right? You get home and right around eight o'clock at night, you've already put the boys or the children down or whatever. And you're like, at eight o'clock, all right, this is me and wifey time right now, eight o'clock to nine o'clock. I'm going to spend wifey time every day. 
this is what it's going to be like, right? Or maybe right before you go to bed, 10 o'clock at night, your phone has that capability. You can put do not disturb on it. So from 10 o'clock at night till 7 in the morning, you put do not disturb. And so that's what you do. You put it, you don't look at it. Whatever it is, it's your rule. It's a defense to say, we're going to use this, right? We're going to use this, but not be mastered by it. And so I'm going to keep it far, far, far enough away where it doesn't master me. Can somebody say yes? Some of you, your defense plan might be to turn off social media notifications on your phone, right? You just turn it off. So all day long, you don't hear about the new greatest recipe. All day long, you're not hearing about the new funny video that you need to see, right? You just don't have it on this. For me, one thing I do during the day, because this thing goes off nonstop, is I actually put this in a different room. Because I'm like, today, I need to spend six hours in the Word of God to, for me to get ready for Sunday. So today is all about that. So in a couple, I'm going to put this in another room for a couple hours, and then I'll come back and check on it and see what happened. But I need these six hours in God's Word today to get this message ready. So I'm not going to let a single distraction take me away from that. For some of you, it might be a social media break. Take it off this phone, right? That's what I've done. I've actually taken it off this phone, and I have some, another electronic that I have, and I only go to that when I need it, right? For some of you, you, you when you go on vacation, you don't look at your phone at all. That's going to be your defense. For five days, all you do is focus on the family. You focus on the people who are with you that you love instead of looking at what other people are doing on their time off, right? It's not, you're over here focused on what they're doing when you have all the people who love you and who you love right there, you should be focused on them. Some of you, you might need to take a month-long break. You're going, what? A month? Why? Why should I take a month off? Why? Because you're totally mastered by it. And if you can't get a month without it, then that tells you something about your priorities. It tells you something. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I am going to, I, I want you to think about it today. <clears throat> you come up with your own defensive plan. And then after you have a defensive plan, you got to have an what? An offensive plan, right? And so for me, what I want to do is, I want this <clears throat> to be my primary tool in relating to God. This right here is going to be my primary tool in relating to God, right? Instead of looking at everybody else's stuff and what everybody else is doing, what this is first and highest for me, its highest use is for me to relate to God. So the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I keep this in a separate room from my bed. I don't keep it in my bedroom. I keep it in a separate room, right? So I'll wake up in the morning, I go, I grab the phone, <clears throat> and I look for worship music. I put on my Pandora and then I go into the bathroom and I do my hygiene stuff, which I will not go into detail, but you guys can use your imagination. And, you know, sometimes I, am, I, I think God really appreciates that my breath is minty fresh when I go to talk to him after that. You know, like, so I'll do my thing and then I'll go into, I'll grab my phone after I do my thing in the bathroom and then I'll come back and I'll look at God's word for me today on my phone. I'll look for what is God's word for me today. And that's the first thing I do. I'll look at it, and I'll look at what, what, what will God want, want me to do? What does he want me to say? What does he want me to hear, right? Some of you, you need an offensive plan to get into the word of God, to feed on the word, to let it build your soul, to renew your mind, transform you into the image of Christ. Some of you, it will be five minutes of solitude a day where you contemplate the goodness of God. Some of you, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a consistent prayer time where you learn offensively to be bathed in the presence of God. And as you learn to pray without ceasing, to have focused prayer time where you intentionally seek God for some things, and then you walk with Him in an attitude of prayer. For some of you, it might be cultivating a worshipful spirit, where you don't just worship on Sunday, but you have a worshipful heart. Your heart is always lifted towards heaven, and you find different ways to give God praise, right? And as the weeks go on, you're cultivating a spirit of worship in who you are and all that you do. It's an offensive plan toward God. Are you guys following me? Sometimes it's just to go outside and look at God's creation. Look at the trees and the palm trees and the birds flying up. 
right? The big old birds that you see, like, that's got to be an eagle. That's God created that, you know? That's got to be a falcon. God created that. You know, you're looking at God's creation, and it's awesome. And you might see the sunrise as you get up in the morning, as you're outside. And I'm going to caution you not to take a picture of it, right? Because if you take a picture, you instantly want to put it on Facebook or something so you can see other, how many likes? This is not about an eagle thing. This is about your time with God. So don't take a picture of it. Just enjoy it. God did that for you so you could see that in the morning, right? And you have that moment with him in his presence. You just thank him for it rather than using it to feed your own ego. So defense and offense, whatever that is for you, a defense and an offense and talk about it. Get serious about it. Think this is where we decide, are you going to continue as is, as we were talking just a little while ago? Are you going to make, you're going to let this master you, this phone master you and tell you how to live your life? And, you know, and are you going to decide, I'm going to use this as a tool to connect me with God? You know, you might be here today and there is somebody here that's saying, man, I hope they are hearing what that, what Pastor Avi is saying. They need this message. They need to hear this. There are people that are praying for you as you're listening to this message. They're like, I hope they can hear this right now. You're saying, I will not be mastered by anything. But let's go back to week number one of this message series as we wrap up our time together. Let's review. Week number one, we talked about blowing up the idea of comparing ourselves to being content with who we are and letting God <clears throat> remove the veil of our lives, letting God do what he wants to do in us, to, to, that it's, it's time to distance ourselves from comparing so we can find out when Christ is all you have because he's all you need. Can somebody say yes? You didn't say yes loud enough. All right, so week number two, we talked about relationships and how we're missing out on the very people that we love and who love you the most, who are right in front of you. And it's time for an offensive and a defensive plan. And then week number three, we talked about authenticity. I don't know if you remember. We talked about us having all this, you know, these filters on our lives and only God can remove the veil. We who with unveiled faces contemplate the glory of God and we're being transformed into, his, into the image of Christ through the power of Christ we can remove that veil from our lives. Week number four, we talked about understanding suffering as part of our journey, that we have the love of God, and we also understand that suffering is part of the faith. It's part of our journey with God. Week number five, we talked about the more pain we see, tragically, the less we care. We talked about compassion, and true compassion demands a response. We say to, to say you care and not to act is to not care at all. You remember when we talked about that? We talked about that, having an offensive plan and a defensive plan. So you'll care for the glory of God and make a difference in the world. Last week was week number six, and we talked about hearing God's voice. How do we know when God is speaking to us? How do we know God's voice in our lives? How do we know that? We talked about that last week, and then this week, week number seven, we talked about always going, going. The RPMs on four and five, and we don't know how to shut down. We simply don't. We're just constantly going. And the default in our life, how insulting is that? The default in our life is always action. You were created for way more than that. And you can use it, use this, you can use work, you can use whatever, but not be mastered by it. Can you guys say yes? Yeah. So here's the closing verse for our time together today. I love this verse. We wrap it up. This is what the Lord says in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Stand at the crossroads and look. Some of you, you're at a crossroads right now, and you have a decision to make. And it says, ask for the ancient paths. See, what if there are some ancient paths that Jesus is inviting you into that are higher than all these new technologies that are out there. These ancient paths. What are these ancient paths? Fasting and praying and getting into the prayer and, and solitude and seeking the goodness of God. It says, ask him, where is the good way, God? What is the good way? And then when you see it, what are you going to do about it? 
You're going to walk in it, the scripture says. And when you walk in God's ways, God's good ways, what will you find, you guys? Look at that verse. You will find what? You will find rest for your souls. Be still and know that there is one who loves you and is more deserving of your worship than anything on earth. Put him first. Seek him with all your heart. Lean in. And then he will add everything that matters unto you. Be still and know that he is God. Would you bow your heads and let me pray with you in this moment. And as you bow your heads, it's just a simple way to connect with God. So our Father, in your presence, we ask that you would do a healing work in our lives. There are so many people who've been mastered by something, and we thank you today that the power of Christ in us is bigger than any draw of this world. And as you take a moment and reflect in prayer, I just want to ask, and I'm going to broaden this net a little bit. Those of you who would say, you know, I've got something in my life. I do. Just think about this for a minute. That is mastering me. I'm eating more than I should. I'm not disciplined in my workouts. I'm looking at things I shouldn't look at. I don't have control in this certain area of my life. I'm addicted to a substance, a chemical. I'm, 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 there's you know, something I'm smoking, something I'm drinking right now that's been bigger than me. And it has control of me in some area. If that is you, I'm going to invite you in this moment to stand with me right now. I want to pray for you. Would you allow me, would you give me the honor of praying for you? See, as you stand, let me tell you what's happening. You are breaking the chains off of that thing in your life. As you have the courage to stand, God is saying, I'm going to lift that off of you. Because you're taking a step towards me, I'm breaking that yoke of bondage. The Bible talks about the anointing. The anointing that breaks the yoke, that removes every burden. And so, Father, right now I pray that those who are addicted, I thank you, God, that we, by the power of Christ, never need to be mastered by anything that when we're tempted by the grace of Jesus, he always gives us a way out. And I pray right now that the name of Jesus over every addiction, believing God that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, believing, Father, that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And God, I pray for the victory over pornography. I pray for the victory over alcoholism. I pray for the victory over eating disorders. I pray for the victory over drug addictions. I pray for the victory over even the lies of our minds that would believe, God, whatever you hold us, whatever, God, would, that would hold us captive, God, we thank you that in the name of Jesus is greater in the name of Jesus is greater. We thank you that no stronghold can hold us because Christ is stronger. That just like that song we sang earlier, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. God, for those that are addicted with the dysfunctional relationship to their devices or anything else, God, we thank you that we will not be mastered by anything. And I pray, God, that in five minutes of quiet time with you, that you would realign our hearts to you, that we would seek you first. God, that those five minutes that we spend with you would, would be more than anything else, would be the most precious thing than the, the whatever, how many hours we have in a day with, that we don't spend with you. And God, beyond that, in your presence, I pray, that you would give us a practical plan of attack, a defense and an offense to think ahead, to hear from your spirit and to do what is necessary to help put you first. And people 
people first in front of our hearts to love you, God, with our heart, our mind, and our soul and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves, glorifying you, being still in your presence and knowing that you are God. And as you keep praying today, there are those of you, you're going to recognize right now that your soul is not at rest. You've tried to fill your life with all sorts of different things and hey, let's go make some money. Hey, that'll make me happy. Let's go pursue relationships. That'll make me happy. Let's go party. That'll make me happy. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And you've done this and you've done that and you're still as empty. You're longing for something more and you're often overwhelmed and you feel the weight of your own sin catching up to you and you feel guilty. Why can't I overcome this? Why do I, why do I stand with God? Where, where do I stand with God? You feel like you're not good enough for God and your soul is not at rest. And Jesus says, come to me now, exactly as you are. Come to me. Don't clean up first. You come to me first. And when you call on Jesus, who was without sin and died for our sins, he will forgive every sin you've ever committed. He'll make you brand new. He will fill you with his spirit, and you will never be the same. There are those of you, there's a void in your life, and your soul does not have rest. And you come to Jesus, and you let him fill you, and you will find rest for your souls. Those of you would say, yes, I know I'm a sinner, and yes, I need a Savior. Today, by faith, I give my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you just lift your hand high right now with me in this moment? Just lift it up and say, yes, that is me. I see all these hands over here in this section. God bless you guys. Anybody in this section or back there or over here in the center, you guys can put your hands down over there. I see those hands. Let's pray together. Everybody pray with me. Nobody prays alone. And pray with me nice and loud. Pray with me like you mean it, you guys. Let's pray. Nobody, we're a Doral Vineyard family. We pray together as a family. Let's pray. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Be the Lord of my life. Be first in every way. Holy Spirit, fill me that I could know you, that I could serve you, that I can live for you. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Somebody get loud. Somebody celebrate with me. Give God glory and welcome those people born into God's family. Amen.